welcome. Hello and welcome. That is Haley. I am Caitlin. That's Haley. (laughs) This is crime culture. We're, we're, We're so on top of things today. Kinda. Hell yeah. I'll allow it. Yeah. I'll do, I'll, I'm into it. Um, um, how are you? It's not. How's everyone? It's, it's good. You know, mm-hmm. just being. There was a murder in my town last night. What? Yeah. The, uh, on We've, the day of like recording this. Yeah. I'll there was a Moida. My, my town is not one uh, that is a very For large Moidas. town that uh, yeah. murders often happen. So that's pretty crazy. I don't have a lot of that's, details, but that's. But she'll get them. Yeah. For us. Every, everyone was talking about it in the office this morning when I got in. And uh, I just oh, had to shit. walk by because I needed a, a minute of my life where I wasn't talking about murder. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's some Twin Peaks shit, though. Yeah. Sometimes Damn. Uh, yeah, Damn. it was great. It was no. very close to me. It's not good. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's uh, it hits close to home. Was, like, that a, is. Literally, it was a couple oh, blocks shit. away. Yep. I was home at the time. That's. Oh no! Mm-mm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's but um, yeah. So that's oh that's that. Uh, when you guys are hearing this, I will be at the beach. So like, mm-hmm. I I'm vibing. When, I was gonna say this. pushing it out of your mind. Yeah, just I'm on damn. island time. You are, and that's a that's where you deserve to be, but where we should all aspire to be as well. Yeah, but before yeah. I I get on island time, I needed to. We need to talk about this. We need to talk about this episode. Today, we are talking about um, found footage horror. And this is, um, we're, we're getting to the end of summer. And that means we're entering spooky season. And what do you need Hell for spooky yeah. season? Something to fucking watch. A blanket. So, or that. Yeah. And a cat <laughs> on your lap. And oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. And yeah. also Gilmore Girls? Maybe? No. I'm trying to you think need a horror like, movie. Yeah, but like I'm thinking cozy. Spooky. Things. No, spooky, spooky and cozy can go hand in hand. We're going spookier than cozy. That's fair. That's fine. Candy. 12 foot skeletons. Love a 12 foot skeleton. Love um, a 12 foot skeleton. Cider. So there's a lot of like history about found footage, and there's actually a couple different. Uh, like subgenres of found footage. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about huh. the history. We're going to talk about a couple recommendations, and then I'll get you out of here in a nice tight hour. So I love it. Here I we love go. it. You sound like so, a tour guide. <laughs> so found footage, I guess, like I guess you could call it found footage. Kind of has like the technique of found footage has uh, mm-hmm. history in um, literature in as a storytelling technique. Um, found footage has uh, this precedent in literature, particularly in uh, epistolary novels, which is a okay. novel that is told um, through correspondence, like diary entries mm-hmm. or letters written back and forth um, yes. to the characters. So this is a to... type. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say for those who went to any kind of Christian denominational school slash church, we know the epistles. The letters, Paul yeah. to whomever. Exactly. And epistolary. So um, this is kind of like a, a written found footage-esque type thing. Yeah. Um, so this technique was often employed in horror fiction, such as Bram Stoker's Dracula, Mary Shelley's mm-hmm. Frankenstein, um, 
and also The Call of Cthulhu by H.P. Lovecraft. Hell yeah. So read some old-timey ones, report back. They're very good. Um, but found footage as a cinematic technique is where, if you don't know, it's where some or all of the narrative film shots are presented as if they were recordings of nonfiction events that have been discovered and relayed to the audience with little to no mediation. So, like, not a lot okay. of editing, not a lot of no special effects or, like, adding anything into it. They want to make it seem as if they found this stuff, just spliced it together uh, to put into a narrative form, and here you go. Yeah. Um, found footage can be considered a form of so-called mockumentary filmmaking, which we'll mm -hmm. get to in a little bit, in which a narrative is presented as if it were nonfiction, uh, a nonfiction documentary film. Defining characteristics, can I, yeah. Can I ask a question that might poke a hole in this? Tell me. Um, if it's a spoof of a found footage horror movie, is it still found footage or is it a mockumentary? Well, mockumentary is a subgenre of found footage. Which we'll get to. But then what is a spoof? I don't know. Uh, Urban Dictionary. It. Well, no, I know what the word means, <laughs> but I'm saying like, what what would that be categorized as? A spoof is it still of found a mockumentary? Footage? Yeah. Or no, a spoof know. of found footage. It, it depends on how it was filmed. Is it filmed as if it were... Film, if it was it filmed as if it were recordings that were just found and not like, yes, made but to like be a this. joke Blair Witch, for example. I don't know. I'm asking I you, as I, didn't do, I didn't do that. I'm sorry, much I did not mean deep to. Diving. <laughs> I did not uh, mean to poke a hole. So I'm genuinely like curious. I'm sorry. I will look it up later. Defining okay. characteristics of the genre include shaky camera work, of course, everyone knows it. Naturally lit settings and unframed shots. Uh, mm -hmm. What can also be appealing to many filmmakers and studios is the shoestring budget of many of these yes. found footage horrors. Films like The Blair Witch Project from 1999 and Paranormal Activity in 2007 mm -hmm. are among the most profitable films of all time in terms of their revenue compared to their production budgets. For yeah. example, I mean, we have, I'll talk about Blair Witch throughout, but we have an entire episode on Blair Witch. I believe it's 149. Yeah. Uh, so episode 149 is all about the Blair Witch Project. But as a little precursor to that, the Blair Witch Project cost about $35,000 for the initial shoot. After post-production was completed, the total budget was still only around uh, $200,000. Some estimates go as much as $500,000, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, this included Damn. sound remixing, and it needed to be transferred to 35 millimeter uh, from, I think it was mm -hmm. filmed in 16 or something. I don't know exactly. Okay. Uh, but Artisan Entertainment's Bill Block bought the picture for just over a million dollars. After uh, marketing, it spent about six to eight million domestically alone. It earned mm -hmm. in total 249 million globally. Jesus. So it was shot for 35,000 and it made 249 million. Think about that for like just a sec. Yes. Meanwhile, Paranormal Activity is the lowest budget of any uh, blockbuster that I've seen. Uh, it cost fifteen thousand dollars to make. Yeah. Later, I that was like the thing that everybody talked would, about in high school yeah. was how cheap it was, and that anybody exactly. could do it. But that's exactly what they talked about for the Blair Witch Project. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so Paranormal Activity, um, its sound was redone for an additional $150,000, and producers Oren Pelly and Jason Blum spent an extra $50,000 to reshoot the ending that's uh, at Steven Spielberg's request. We'll get to that. Damn. Um, so that brought the total budget to 215000 DreamWorks paid $350,000 for the movie, which is an absolute steal, which was That's, released yeah. by Paramount uh, with around $18 million going for domestic marketing. The movie earned $193 million globally at the box office. Yeah, and so, that doesn't even include the spinoffs. Exa- exa- exactly. This is paranormal activity, not the sequels or anything like that. Yeah. So like, I wonder if they knew. I wonder, oh, I I wonder don't know. if DreamWorks knew. I don't know if they knew. I don't know if the people who made Paranormal Activity knew. I don't think they did because yeah. I think the I think the two actors made five hundred dollars each from oh being in God. the movie, which <gasps> they renegotiated later on. I'll talk. Yes, I have I have God. a little section about Paranormal Activity later, so we'll talk about that then. But uh, yeah, so I don't know if they knew it was going to be as big as it was. But after the success of the Blair Witch Project, found footage was like free game on yeah. any filmmaker's uh, list. So while the Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity are two of the biggest names in the genre, they certainly were not the first. Controversial Italian horror film Cannibal Holocaust was made in 1980 and is often considered the first found footage film, a horror film okay. at least. The story of the film is that a professor has stumbled upon a lost film shot by a documentary crew who went missing in the Amazon rainforest. There's a giant trigger warning if you want to seek out this movie um, to listeners, not to Caitlin, obviously. Uh, there were <laughs> no, numerous. Also me. Well, there are numerous real animals that were slaughtered on screen. So, no. <gasps> yeah. Also me. Yeah. So. Oh my just God. Be Why? Aware. What the fuck is wrong with people? That's like up there with which one was it, Hale? Which movie was it that used the real skeletons? Poltergeist. Um, that was it. That, yeah, uh, that's the one that the I know fuck? of. I'm sure there's other movies that, that use yes. real skeletons in their productions. Yes. But yeah, yes, but up. that's so fucking. And why are people like this? Yeah. Oh god. So oh. interestingly, Orson Welles had incorporated found footage techniques into his film The Other Side of the Wind years before Cannibal Holocaust, but that film mm-hmm. was left unfinished and unreleased until about 2018. Oh. A few other found footage films were made in the 80s and 90s, including Man Bites Dog in 1992, The Last Broadcast in 1998. However, with the massive financial and critical success of The Blair Witch Project, which came a year later in 99, as well as the development of increasingly sophisticated handheld video technology, found footage experienced a popularity boom with more than a thousand found footage films, the great majority of them horror films, being produced mm-hmm. in the subsequent decades. Reviewing the movie VHS for the AV Club in 2012, Scott Tobia notes that the genre, quote, has since become to the 2000s and 2010s what slasher movies were in the 80s, end quote. Which I think that's true. We found a lot of found footage movies in the early 2000s. Some of them, uh, Mm. okay. (laughs) Others, not great. Others Um, are a choice. Yeah. Everyone has... The option to try a movie style. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's definitely a good gateway for people to stick their toe in the horror genre yes. for very, very cheap. Yes. That's not always a good I, thing. I though. concur. I support it. No, but. But also in my research, I found that there are four distinct types of found footage and which we will hmm. get into. 
Uh, it could also huh. be a combination of the four. So uh, the first one is one of the most popular. It is first person. And this is when one of the main characters is actually holding the camera and recording the events from a first person perspective. And this technique has several advantages, most notably that it is generally cheap and can provide an excuse for amateurish framing and sound recording and can create tension by limiting the audience perspective to that single character. Mm -hmm. uh, examples of this are, of course, the Blair Witch Project and the movie Cloverfield, which, again, yeah. we'll talk about a little later. Um, oh, but yeah, like, this, this technique is literally like some idiot with a camera recording something. You don't have to frame yeah. anything right. You don't have to light anything correctly. You can have shaky camera. Huh. You can have shots that are uh, like not really showing anything, which can be a huge benefit to mm -hmm. um, creating tension. Um, it's what, probably one of my favorites of the 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 genre i really like yeah a first person type movie i'll also uh should preface this at the top i clearly <laughs> am not a, a film reviewer i am not a film critic uh i know what i have researched and that is my knowledge of film i just know what i like and i think that's fair. a bunch of people who are listening i don't know if we have any professional film critics listening to the podcast which well, probably would make you cringe with most of what I've said so far. Huh. But um, I think most of our listeners also just like stuff. If you see yeah. something, you're like, all right, that's cool. Which yeah. is, that's who I'm speaking by us. to. Yeah. Um, this is for you. This is for you. Uh, the second type of found footage is what we have already talked about, the mockumentary style. Mm -hmm. And this technique utilizes interview footage and slightly more professional camera work as you would expect from someone who is actually intending to make a film for an yes. audience. Because of this, the film will have more of a narrative structure providing exposition through dialogue to be considered truly found footage though. The film must be presented as if the footage has been lost and was rediscovered, not just made into a documentary. Oh, so okay. this isn't like we made this documentary and it, like about like this demonic presence and here we are presenting this as a finished yeah. work it's more like we were filming something about this demonic presence it got away from us uh many of the crew didn't make it and this is what they found and that it, i guess you could say that's kind of blair witch project too because they were uh the blair witch project premise is them making a documentary about the blair witch um, True. but also movies like the last exorcism and the taking of deborah logan both um exorcism movies or uh, mm -hmm. possession movies rather mm -hmm. um the those are about like crews going in to make a documentary about this event that's happening yeah um so kind of an offshoot the next one is kind of like an offshoot from the mockumentary style i guess you could say that they're like kind of parallel to each other mm -hmm. is the news footage style and okay. that is presenting the footage as an intentional documentation of an event with one or more professional camera operators and a reporter providing a bulk of the exposition and narrative. And this style can justify the inclusion of both handheld and mockumentary footage like put within it. Yeah. And kind of uh, a little bit of better camera work because as you would expect an actual news camera person to be handling a camera Better, and it yeah. could be yeah it could be more than one because you're generally not just gonna have one camera on True. a 
uh, the site. And huh. examples of that are Wreck um, and the American remake Quarantine. And I'll talk about Wreck yeah, a little bit later. I'm, I'm unfamiliar with both. 2007, and I think the remake was made in 2008. So very quick turnaround to make an American remake. Yeah. Uh, The last one is the passive footage genre. And in this format, the camera, or more often several cameras, are generally static, and the events of the film are depicted as having been automatically recorded with the footage being Mm -hmm. recovered later. So things like webcams, doorbell cameras, surveillance footage, are typical sources for this type. Um, The method allows the filmmakers to free the camera from the perspective of a character in the story, allowing the characters to appear together and justifying shots in which there may be no characters present. So movies like Paranormal Activity, this is a huge one Mm -hmm. for passive footage. And also a more recent movie called Missing, which I watched on my, I watched on my horrible airplane trip and it was great. I really like Everyone that movie. Keeps telling me that I should watch it. I it's th- not like, scary. Being, it's it's suspense. Yeah. It's not no, a horror movie. But the definitely the, not the what you call it looked like. What do you call the the trailers? Just didn't look good to me. Like they looked. It's it was good. I really liked oh. it. Yeah, yeah. Not that and I don't trust the other people that told me to watch, but and so missing can also be considered what is kind of an offshoot of the passive footage uh, subgenre. And that is a relatively new approach that is being used. And that's mm-hmm. called screen life. Yeah. And that's where the entire narrative is taking place on the screen of a device or multiple devices, such as a laptop or cell phone. And characters are often seen through video chats and they also communicate with each other via email or text messages that pop up on whatever device it is. Found footage techniques are Common in these films, including the use of simulated news footage, handheld streaming video, and footage Mm. found online. And besides missing, uh, examples of this are the movie Host from 2020 and Unfriended. Uh, Definitely became very popular during the pandemic because people were using Zoom a lot more. And it just became uh, something that people would recognize immediately. Like, we personally record this show over Skype because we are dinosaur women so well, we need to use i to be fair to be fair um zoom has those time limits skype it knock does. on wood does not like skype there are other not. there are other uh skype reasons. apparently had a uh, lower latency according to my husband which true I, yeah i, true. I, I wouldn't notice that. but sure we didn't we did not know but elliot did and we trust yep. him he was Blame like Elliot. Skype good, and we're like Skype good. <laughs> okay, yes, we use Skype now very much. So that's yeah. Shout out to Skype. Very accurate. <laughs> Skype sponsor us. Sometimes you or, crash, or don't, but, but that's fine. fine. Yeah, we'll allow it. Um, so a little bit about like why I think found footage works. Again, not a film okay. critic here. That's fine. Uh, but I think one of the main factors in the success of the found footage horror genre is that no matter the subject of the film, it's just it just seems more grounded in reality than other filming techniques. That's fair, um, yeah. Because like a story about like ghosts or an exorcism, uh, even if it's not something you believe in, it just becomes more plausible or more terrifying mm-hmm. when seemingly, quote-unquote, normal people are the ones relaying the information. It just yes. seems like this could happen to anybody. Uh, this is just your fucking neighbor with a stupid camera and... Mm-hmm. It just it just seems more and it's I also creepier. feel like 
it's creepier. And I feel like, especially with like Blair Witch Project, and I I guess I would say uh, Paranormal Activity because I didn't recognize either of those people prior to that movie coming out. But they mm. use lesser known actors. Yes. So it's like, I don't, it's not like I'm watching Brad Pitt in a found footage movie and like, you're going to try to convince me Brad Pitt is dead, like in a found footage movie. Like, yeah, it no. adds, it adds to the like realness of it. Yeah, exactly. And like I also this think, could be. yeah, I also think that relatability in the narrator's is mm-hmm. a big factor, but also the setting. So found footage horror are often set in places that we experience every day, like apartment yeah. complexes, just woods near an, a big town, a, a big city at night, or even your grandparents' house. Like these are places yeah. where found footage movies have been set and it just makes it all the more terrifying to like, I can be at a place exactly like this. Mm-hmm. Um, also, only being able to see what the camera sees, at least in first person or the news footage or mockumentary styles. Um, yeah. It just makes it more immersive. Yeah. I can uh, see that. No, exactly. Like knowing only what the person filming knows adds, I think to the scare factor over a sense of dread you get with other filming styles. For example, one of the most famous scenes in Caitlin won't know this, but one of the I most won't. famous scenes in the strangers <laughs> you might've seen it. I think it was probably in the, um, the trailer or whatever. But it's a wide shot of the main woman in the house, and yeah. she's facing the direction of the camera. She's distracted by something. I think she's like maybe drinking something or like whatever. But we, as the viewer, can see the figure of the masked man appear behind her in a doorway, but she doesn't know. Nah. We just see we just see him like move into frame. I don't and like that. So as the viewers, we know in that moment that the bad people can get into the house and we're dreading the oh moment that they attack. Like, you know, you see that guy there and you're like, okay, well, yeah. this is going to be bad. Compare that to the moment when the characters and we as the viewers catch a glimpse of the monster for the first time in Cloverfield. Yeah. So we're, fe- we're feeling that, that moment at the same time that the characters are. And so we're feeling that moment with them and not for them. Does that make any sense? Yes. That's completely, Yeah. That's fair. So that makes more sense in like the first person, the news footage and the mockumentary styles. Not so much anymore in the passive because if because that scene that I talked about with the strangers kind of happens in paranormal activity where the, the guy is asleep and the woman wakes up and is like standing right next to him. Yes. Oh, fucking. And God. so like we know that something terrible is happening, but it's on a camera that's in the bedroom so like they don't know what's happening as it's happening yes so that that's a whole different thing i'm talking specifically about my favorite which is the first person so like that's the feeling i get is like feeling it with the characters not for them is a big part of the scare for me but found footage is not always successful um, some more recent found footage movies like The Gallows fall into one of the main problems with this, the genre, and that is finding a reason for the characters to keep filming the events going on around them when yeah. everything is going horribly. <laughs> that is, I think, one of the bigger criticisms for found footage is like, why would they keep filming? Like, that doesn't make any sense. But 
things like the Blair Witch Project being a documentary on this entity or the paranormal activity movies where this couple is trying to figure out what is happening to like things are happening to them. So they set up these cameras to figure out what is going on that I feel gives better reasons that don't feel forced into why they would be filming something. I think that's Um, fair. But I think that's still like an argument to be had in this, uh, a bunch of movies. Like, I think that should be the one of the first questions. If you're going to make a found footage movie, why are we filming? What is the impetus yeah. behind filming the rest of this movie? Why wouldn't anyone just put the camera down? It, I guess it makes more sense now with like cell phones, but like who, yeah. like Blair Witch, they needed to have like big cameras. So it, would, mm-hmm. it wouldn't make sense why they would keep filming. And that's one of the, the things that they say in the movie one of the main characters is always criticized for turning the camera on. It's like, why would you be filming this? Like, at least they answered right. the question in the movie. Right. Um, Though there are some people that really are just film like everything that, that film everything like yeah. living in living in California. I have witnessed a lot of this, like a lot of vloggers just, on the street, a lot of vloggers on the street, a lot of TikTokers, but also just like, think about the last time you went to a concert and everybody's got their phone out. They're not watching the oh band. Oh my god! They're watching I, through their phone. I, I went to go see uh, <laughs> Yellow Card, uh, oh. like tor- last month, oh. and there was somebody who was literally streaming the entire show. Like they, I they had a see Facebook so live much up. of that on my TikTok. I see so much of that on my TikTok. The the Taylor Swift eras tour that's happening right now. Every night. I'm seeing like it's showing up on my like for you page is just like live streams of people at the concerts. Yeah. Like it's just I don't and, understand it. I mean, obviously, but. if you're going to go see Yellow Card, they're going to play Ocean Avenue. They played it as the last of song. Of course. But uh, oh, there wasn't. That a, makes sense. You couldn't not see a cell phone. Like everyone was recording yeah. Ocean Avenue. Of course you are because yeah. it's fucking the song you're there to listen to. But but that's the point. For some people, that's it's like it's like the dad that's got the video camera for every family event. Yeah. If anybody's too young to understand that reference, please just just let me have it. <laughs> let me have this. Um, my dad bought a video camera for when my sister was adopted. Like Of course, yeah. Ugh. Um, but what I personally think is worse than that is also kind of the genre's biggest strength, which we already talked about, and that's the budget. So since these movies have been proven to make a lot of money for virtually no money, it seems that many people with dollar signs in their eyes (laughs) throw together just a loose story, they shake a camera around, Mm -hmm. and they just wait with their hands out and say, money, please. Ah. Ah. Um, I love it. So in the years after the success of the Blair Witch Project, found footage horror movies were everywhere, and very few of them had anything really groundbreaking to say. Okay. Uh, there was a lot of shaky cam, uh, and that was the forefront, and then the plot and dialogue were, like, way, way second. But luckily in the recent years, we've gotten a few, like, really fun, inventive additions to the genre and that make up for the early 2000s mess. But mm. that's still, like... A lingering problem it's like it shouldn't just be let's try to do this for as cheaply as possible and sacrifice everything that'll make it good yeah i think that's fair but i think another hurdle that the genre has had to overcome was the rapid change in technology i think it's done pretty well with that 
But the Mm -hmm. excitement of using comparatively new filming technology, like high-end portable digital cameras to drive the plots of movies like Cloverfield, lent these projects a sense of realism and made them relatable, like we'd been talking about. The characters on screen were using tools that were familiar to average moviegoers. Lots of people were getting portable digital cameras at this point. And uh, in the early days of portable digital cameras, it was very fun to film almost everything. Yeah. So that would make sense. But as technology became more and more integral in the part of in the lives of everyday people, it just seemed like found footage horror movies were uniquely situated to register as relevant to the global cinematic landscape. Hmm. Uh, now, it's not it's it's not unique anymore to just like we said, whip out your phone and start filming. Um, yeah. But found footage movies need to find, like I said, new and inventive ways to make it feel fresher than. Yeah just an excuse to whip out a camera. Uh, But one pitfall uh, it's been mentioned before throughout is something that's really common. Uh, It's a common complaint for found footage movies. And that is intense shaky camera. As an example, when Cloverfield was first released about 104 recorded, recorded people, not not, uh, just people who didn't uh, say anything. Uh, 104 recorded people left the theater due to dizziness and motion sickness. Wow. Like it really caused like problems. I can I'm imagine shocked. I can imagine it being a lot worse on the big screen. Like if you're watching it in a movie theater, that could be yeah. challenging. Like at home with like smaller screens, it's not as bad. But like, yeah, sometimes shaky camera can just get to be way too much. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. damn. Cause you hear about it with like gore. You don't hear about it with camera yeah, work feeling that much. sick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we're going to talk about a couple recommendations, some of the big ones and some like little trivia and stuff behind it. Again, we've talked about the Blair Witch Project ad nauseum. See episode mm-hmm. 149 if you want to know more about it, the history of it, stuff like that. Um, I mentioned Cannibal Holocaust. Like I said, mm-hmm. it's from 1980. It's got a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, 61% audience score, 72% on Google. And a 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb, so not too great on IMDb. Yeah, yeah uh, the description. But... IMDb is usually in like the six and seven range. It usually doesn't yeah. uh, stray too far. Yeah. So the description is like I said, during a rescue mission in the Amazon rainforest, a professor stumbles across lost film footage shot by a missing documentary crew whose goal was to study the region's indigenous cannibalistic tribes. And mm-hmm. the cast is. Robert Kerman uh, is the professor, and he's actually a porn actor who was trying to establish himself in mainstream films. After after this film, quote unquote, legitimate roles dried up and he went back to working in porn. I mean, you know what? Nothing was so much nothing gained. There was so much controversy around this movie that I think it it probably hurt his chances at getting cast oh okay yeah. i thought you were gonna say because they had a porn actor in it and i was like that's not no, very open-minded this is the 80s like yeah, shit was going wild I mean, and this is an italian true. movie everyone was on coke it's different yeah. that's fair so this is the second highest grossing film in japan in 1983 wow. behind et <laughs> damn crazy uh, the, there's an iconic poster image, if you want to look it up, whatever, for the film, and it shows a native girl impaled on a stick. Oh. And in court, Ruggiero uh, 
Didato, I think is how you say his name. Uh, he explains that the girl sat on a bicycle seat attached to the pole's base while holding a small pointed piece of balsa wood in her mouth. Oh. And fake blood was added afterwards. He commented that the girl was unusually calm and remained very still during filming. Which you gotta be if you're sitting on a bicycle seat and you got a yeah. piece of wood stuck in your mouth. Yeah. Ten days after this film's premiere in Milan, the film was seized by Italian courts and the director was arrested and charged with obscenity. <gasps> he was later charged with murdering several actors oh. on camera and faced life in prison. <gasps> oh, I think I heard about this. Yes. So the cast had signed contracts requiring them to disappear for a year after shooting to maintain the illusion that they yes. had died. This is when like found footage went hard. Yes. Uh, the director contacted... Uh, Luca Baraschini, uh, I don't know how to say that, and told him to contact the three other actors who played the missing film team uh, when the actors appeared in court alive and well. The murder charges were dropped. Mm. And so for this, like we usually always say like the um, the audience scores, the Google scores, whatever it is. Yeah. But I also wanted to add for this uh, in particular, the budget versus profit. Because I think mm -hmm. that's fun for found footage. I so the budget fair, yeah. for this movie was $100,000. Wow. In the 10 days before the film was seized, it had grossed approximately $2 million. Wow. In 10 days. Yeah, that's fucking yeah. unbelievable. In Japan, it grossed $21 million, Like I said, becoming the yeah. second highest grossing film of the Damn. time. Uh, the director had claimed the film had grossed as much as $200 million worldwide in the wake of its uh, various re-releases. Mm -hmm. And you can watch it for free. Like I said, be warned, though. Uh, yeah. It's for free on Peacock, Plex. You could also get it on Amazon, uh, sorry, uh, AMC Plus, Amazon, Google Play, and Roku. But you'll have to, like, rent those or, like, have them as, like, a streaming service. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, the next movie is Wreck, and that came out in 2007. It has a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. 82% audience score, 87% Google score, and a 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb. So pretty highly rated yeah. on like, everything. Good for them. The cr critics' consensus is, quote, plunging viewers into the nightmarish hellscape of an apartment complex under siege. Rec provides the found footage can still be used as an effective delivery mechanism for sparse economic horror, end quote. Nice. And the description of the movie is late night TV host Angela and her cinematographer are followed by the fire service on call to an apartment building. But the Spanish police seal off the building after an old woman is infected with a virus, which gives her inhuman strength. Nah, this is kind of like a zombie esque yep. infection movie. I'm good. And like I said, oh my. Uh, there was the remake from 2008 called Quarantine. That one's in English. This one's in Spanish. This one is better. Mm. So go ahead and watch this one. Uh, the cast is Manuela Velasco, and they are in a lot of other Spanish language horror, uh, but also in Rex 2 and 4. Oh! Yeah. Multiple Rex. Uh, she is actually a TV presenter in Spain. Oh, good for her. Yeah. A, a Ryan Seacrest uh, of our time. Yeah, right? Uh, there's also several other characters that appear in at least Rex 2, and one guy, Pablo Rosso, he was in, I think, Rec 2 and then became crew for Rec 3 and 4. Oh, okay. Good for him. So that's fun. Yeah, I love when they keep people involved. <laughs> yeah. 
So a little bit of trivia. The actors were never given the script in its entirety, so none of them knew of their characters' fates, of like what was oh. going to happen to them or when they would bite it. Shit. Uh, sometimes they did not know until the day they were actually filming their scenes what was going to happen. And this meant mm. that the actors were uh, more often than not stressed <laughs> and nervous yeah. and uh, terrified on the day of filming, which is Fair. ideal qualities for the film to have. True. And it was shot on real locations. No sets were built for this movie. I think the, um, the apartment complex that was used in the film is still like a tourist destination for people oh, to wow. like people who are fans of the movie to go check out. Um, and when it came time to casting, the directors deliberately chose actors who were not familiar to help make the piece more realistic and also actors that were good at improvisation. Hmm. And like I said, that's one of like the, the highlights Key, of found yeah. footage is like getting people that aren't super recognizable. Uh, also, because they didn't get their scripts until like day of, this film was filmed chronologically, which is not oh. typical of many movies. They filmed it as the events would have happened in real life. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So one of the major inspirations for the film was the first person survival horror survival horror game um outlast although outlast came out in 2013 so i don't know how it would be an inspiration or maybe this movie was the inspiration for outlast i've never heard IMDb of trivia can be weird it can IMDb be weird trivia is weird sometimes um and uh yeah there's playthroughs of outlast on youtube which are really fun okay um, the budget was kind of high for found footage. It was around two million, but according to Wikipedia, the box office made uh, thirty-two point five million. Oh wow! So that's holy that's shit. A good. This is like a uh, good get rich quick. Like if exactly, you have a good concept and like a phone. Yeah, that's it. Next one is obviously Paranormal Activity, because of course it is from two thousand seven. Has an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, 57% audience score. I expected it to be higher. Uh, yeah. 86% Google score and a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb. And the critics' consensus is, quote, using its low-budget effects and mockumentary method to great result, paranormal activity turns a simple haunted house story into a 90 minutes of relentless suspense, end quote. Uh, and if you don't know, the description of the movie is soon after moving into a suburban tract house, Katie and Micah become increasingly disturbed by what appears to be a supernatural presence. Hoping to capture the evidence of it on film, they set up video cameras in the house but are not prepared for the terrifying events that follow. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, damn. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, the, main, the main couple, Katie Featherstone and Micah Sloat, so they, in the movie hmm. they use their real names, they appear in some of the sequels, but no spoilers. Okay. So I don't know how they appear in some of the sequels. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, <laughs> there's a bunch of trivia for this. So strap in. The actors weren't given scripts, but were given guidelines on how to behave or what to discuss in their scenes. And like I had mentioned earlier, uh, quickly, Steven Spielberg had to stop watching the film halfway through on a home screener and was generally spooked, genuinely spooked by the experience. Uh, mm -hmm. He completed it in daylight hours the next day and loved it. He convinced the filmmakers to change the original ending. I don't know what the actual original ending was. So okay. that would be interesting to find out, like why he wanted it changed. 
Um, but the entire movie was filmed over a period of just 10 days in Oren Pelly's own home uh, using Pelly's own digital cameras. Mm-hmm. He, I think he spent like an entire year like redecorating his house to like oh my God. make it the set of this movie. Um, Damn. Again, the movie was made for $15,000. So like it was good that he made it in his own house. Yeah. Katie Featherstone and Micah Sloat received, like I had said, $500 each for their performances. But due to the success of the film, they renegotiated that amount. I don't know to what, but good for them. I'm sure it Dreamworks was enough. Wanted... We would have heard about it. Yeah, right. Uh, DreamWorks wanted to remake the movie with a bigger budget and better known actors rather than release the film as it was and use the original as a DVD extra, which is insane. Like, yeah. You want to re- completely remake this movie? It wouldn't have worked. No, no, but that's okay. I like that they, yeah. Um, and I didn't notice this in the movie. It contains no opening or closing credits. Oh, I guess it just adds to like the realism of it. Like, cause obviously when you see credits, you're like, oh yeah, this is a movie. Yeah. That's I, something I didn't notice. Yeah. No, I wouldn't have known. Huh? Yeah. During the first test screenings, people started to leave the theater. Originally, the crew thought it was because the film wasn't going over very well with its audience, only to discover that people left the auditorium because they couldn't handle the intensity of the movie. Wow. Yeah, and I think that was all of the uh, trailers for the movie was literally audience reactions. Like, that was, like, a a big thing about this movie. Like, they didn't show anything in the trailers. It was just people's reactions to the movie. Yes. I I know. I remember seeing this. Yeah. Uh, so all the crew had to wear black clothes at all times so that no color reflections would show up in the walls or in the wooden floors. Okay. Orrin Pelly got the idea for the movie from a personal experience. Late at night, he was sleeping and a box of detergent fell off of a shelf. The box was pushed too far back for it to just tilt and fall. And that inspired him to create a haunting movie. That's That makes sense. All of the special effects were done practically in camera enhanced by Pelly on his PC. Uh, producer Jason Blum worked at Miramax in the 1990s as a movie distributor and passed on the opportunity to acquire the Blair Witch Project. Dumb. Ouch. A decision he quickly regretted. And uh, when the movie became, like I said, one of the most profitable low budget movies of all time, mm-hmm. the market quickly became saturated with knockoffs as we had spoken about, um, but without any financial success. Uh, when the time was right, Blum produced his own low-budget found footage film with Paranormal Activity, and that decision obviously paid off. And this movie was able uh, to help him fund and found Blumhouse mm-hmm. Productions, which is a huge oh, horror production house. Yeah. yeah. So without this movie, we would not have Blumhouse. Wow. Which is crazy. Yeah. I wouldn't have and- this movie is included among the 1001 horror movies. Mm-hmm. Sorry, 1001 movies to see before you die, edited by Steven Schneider. We've talked about this list yes. before. It'll come up again. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. Um, we talked about the budget and profit earlier, so I won't get into that again. Uh, as of right now, I think you can watch this on Netflix, um, but okay. it's also available on Paramount Plus, Roku, Amazon Prime, or you can purchase it obviously on Vudu, YouTube. Uh, Google Play, Apple TV, Redbox, all the usual places. Mm-hmm. Next, we mentioned briefly before, is Cloverfield. That was from 2008. Yep. 
78% Rotten Tomato score, 68% audience score, 74% Google score, and a 7 out of 10 on IMDb. And the critics' consensus is, quote, a sort of Blair Witch Project crossed with Godzilla. Cloverfield is economically paced, stylistically clever, and filled with scares, end quote. And the description horrifically stressful. Yeah, I remember when this movie came out. Yep. As a group of New Yorkers enjoy a going away party, little do know that they will soon face the most terrifying night of their lives. A creature the size of a skyscraper descends upon the city, leaving death and destruction in its wake. Using handheld video, using a handheld video camera, the friends record their struggle to survive as New York crumbles around them. So I haven't seen this movie since it came out. So I totally forgot. Oh. Lizzie Kaplan yes. is in this movie. That's the Obviously, main thing I remember. <laughs> Yeah, of Mean Girls fame, Freaks yes. and Geeks, Party Down, Janice Masters Ian. of Sex, a bunch of shit. Um, Michael Stahl David, who was in Narcos, The Congress, and In Your Eyes. Mike Vogel, who was in Blue Valentine, totally yep. forgot about. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants? Yes, he was. He was He was the, the camp counselor that Bridget was in love yeah. with. That he was like, I shouldn't uh, be this way. Yeah. <laughs> also in The Help, in one of mm-hmm. my favorite rom-coms, What's Your Number?, Totally forgot about. Oh, forgot about that movie. Uh, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre of 2003, he was also in. Also, Bates Motel, Under the Dome, American Horror Story as JFK. So he's got connections to horror. Yeah. Um, Odette Annabelle, Annabelle, uh, who's in Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2 and (laughs) 3. Also in The Unborn and Operation Endgame. I think she was in You Again. Maybe I don't know. She was Jessica, she was Odette Yustman. That's what okay. she. That's what people. She married Dave Annabelle. I hate that I know these things. Go okay. ahead. Uh, Jessica Lucas, who was in the 2013 Evil Dead movie, and also she's the man. Oh, and obviously problematic T.J. Miller. Yeah, you know Deadpool, Silicon Valley, How to Train Your Dragon, comedy, just crimes. Yeah. It's just a bummer. I like it. It is. Yeah. It's one of those. It's like, no. Yeah. Don't be a piece of shit. Whatever. Yeah. Problematic. Um, the trivia of this movie is that the running time of the film without credits is about 80 minutes, which is the length of a long running mini DV tape, which was used <gasps> in the film. That's very which is smart. Fun. I like that. Uh, that inclusion. Um, a common format. Uh, I mean, this was the the format that was used with the uh, the camcorder that they were using. Mm-hmm. Lizzie Kaplan thought that this was a romantic movie until her second audition, oh, where no. she had to read a scene of it. Um, after she was offered the role, she found out that it was a monster movie, and the actors weren't allowed to read the script until after they had signed on, which I think is pretty fucked up. Yeah. Um, Though, I mean, they do that with ref- Marvel movies. Yeah, but Marvel movies, you know what you're going to get. True. This is like... True. But this you don't like, know that it's a Marvel it's movie, is my point. I guess. I don't know. I still think that's stupid. Yeah. Um, it's been referred to by fans and critics as Blair Witch Project for the MySpace generation. Damn, that's that's mean. That's that just a, mean. I don't know. That was an IMDb thing. That's I also mean. saw it, there was something going around that was like, it was the MySpace like landing page, like your homepage. And I was like, burst back in time. <laughs> it was <sighs> terrifying wish. to see. Uh, the budget for this movie was really high. It was twenty five million, mm-hmm. and it made eighty million. Damn! So fine. It did. Yeah, it did okay. Yeah, uh, you can watch this with a premium subscription uh, with Hulu, 
Paramount Plus, Amazon Prime, Roku, Showtime, or you can buy it. Apple, Vudu, mm-hmm. Google Play, Redbox, blah, blah, blah. Um, one last main one. I have a couple like real quick ones, but one last main one that I want to talk about that I don't remember if I brought up before. I think I did, but it's actually a TV show and okay. it's called Lost Tapes. Okay. And it ran for three seasons from 2008 to 2010. And the series description is that Lost Tapes depicts traumatic scenarios where people are attacked and or killed by mysterious, dangerous, deadly, wild, and ferocious paranormal cryptids, including Bigfoot, Mothman, vampires, werewolves, and aliens. The series Mm -hmm. is shot in a mockumentary style. Most episodes begin with a quick introduction of facts, which include interviews with experts explaining scientific theories or facts and folklore behind the episode's titular character. In the second season, some episodes began with footage of a person being violently attacked and often killed by the episode's creature an introduction meant to set up the events of each episode in the third season every episode had this introduction the events of every episode in all three seasons are accompanied by videos of scientists cryptozoologists and folklorists giving their thoughts and opinions of the creature um Mm. and there's also i i copied this weird uh i guess there's a spinoff called lost tapes revelations okay um, you can watch this. It originally aired on Animal Planet. Oh, okay. Uh, weird. But you can find episodes on Discovery Plus, Amazon Prime, or Roku. And actually, I think a bunch of them have been uploaded in full on YouTube. It's not great quality. Some of them are really cringy. It's it's just a fun time. It's a it's a romp. I remember in 2008 watching one, and I was like spooked. So yeah. have fun with that one. <laughs> um a couple more quick ones, um, because we talked about all the big ones. Yeah. Lake Mungo was from 2008. You can watch it for free on Tubi, Voodoo, and Plex. And the description is, Alice drowns while swimming and her family begins experiencing inexplicable events in their home. The family hires a parapsychologist whose investigation unveils Alice's secret double life that leads them all to Lake Mungo. Dun, dun, dun. dun. Uh, the next one is from 2013 called Willow Creek. Bobcat Goldthwait <gasps> made this movie. Love that guy. Yeah, you can watch this for free on Tubi, Peacock, Amazon Prime, and Plex. And this is about a man and his girlfriend camp in the woods to capture firsthand evidence of Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. Really fun. Uh, Willow Creek is a real place in California where uh, there's famous Bigfoot sightings from, and I have been there. Oh! It's a fun time. Um, Next one is another pretty popular one, admittedly. Uh, It's Creep from 2014. You can watch this with a Netflix subscription. I'm a creep. Uh, I'm a weirdo. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> uh, so Aaron answers an online ad and drives to a stranger's house to film him for the day. The man, played by Mark Duplass, um, wants to make a movie for his unborn child, but his requests become more bizarre as the day goes along. I think this movie was completely uh, improvised. Oh, shit. Like they had... They had like the vague storyline of what would happen, but I think like all the dialogue that. is improvised. It's That's very so cringy. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Nor- when it's done right, it's really cool. Yeah. Like no, jury I just duty. Think, like lots of lots of the things that happen are like cringy. Oh, but it, okay. It, uh, but the acting isn't cringy. It is definitely creepy. Yeah. Um, the next one is Gojium Haunted Asylum from 2014. You can watch this uh for free on YouTube. Peacock, Tubi, Plex, Roku, Amazon Prime. 
and the crew of a horror web series travels to an abandoned asylum for a live broadcast. It soon encounters more than it expected as it moves deeper inside the nightmarish old building. Uh, this, I think, is... I think it's a Korean movie, not Japanese. I don't remember exactly. Um, I've seen clips of it. I have to watch the whole thing. I love that it's free on so many services because uh, I definitely need to watch it. This is one of those that it gives a really good explanation of why they would keep filming. Mm -hmm. uh, next one I mentioned um, in the mockumentary style, and that's The Taking of Deborah Logan from 2014. You can watch this for free on Sling, Voodoo, and Tubi. Mia records the daily lives of Deborah and her daughter Sarah as part of her thesis. As the day the days progress, strange things happen around Deborah, and it becomes apparent something has taken control of her. Oh God! Yes. Nah. Uh, then we have from 2015, The Visit. This is an M Night Shyamalan movie. Yep. Uh, you'd have Horrific. to buy it. Yeah, you'd have to buy it on any streaming service. It's not like for free to stream anywhere. So Becca and her younger brother Tyler say goodbye to their mom as they board the train to head deep into the Pennsylvania into Pennsylvania farm country mm -hmm. to meet their maternal grandparents for the first time. Also wild that you would just send your children and well, not let them. No, there was more to it. Basically, I like, haven't seen this one yet. Yeah, there was more. I to know it. what happens. Yeah. Uh, so welcomed by Nana and Pop Pop, all seems well until the siblings start to notice increasingly strange behavior from the seemingly charming couple. Once the children discover a shocking secret, they begin to wonder if they'll ever make it home. Yeah. That's fucking horrific. If you want to watch this movie, don't look anything up. It's very uh, Nightmare fuel. you'll find out you'll find out the twist very quickly. So like don't look it up, just watch it. Yes. Uh next we mentioned but before host. Yeah. I will say Catherine Hahn is in it. Catherine Hahn is, is the mom. Is she? Yes. Oh, she's yeah. the mom. So if you like Katherine Hahn as much as I like Katherine Hahn, see it Love her. for that. Yeah. Uh, next is Host from 2020. You can watch this on AMC+. Six friends accidentally invite the attention of a demonic presence during an online seance and begin noticing strange occurrences in their homes. Mm -mm. A peak 2020 movie. This is why we don't fuck with Ouija boards. Next, we have a movie that I watched on Hulu, Spree from 2020. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, this is more of like a, a thriller, like jokey one, but desperate yeah. for an online following, a rideshare driver, played by Joe Geary of Stranger mm -hmm. Things fame, uh, has figured out a deadly plan to go viral, and he will stop at nothing for his five minutes of fame. Yep. It's a fun one. It's fun. Yep. And it's got so many people in it, like Sashir Zameda, I think, is in it from SNL yeah, yeah, yeah. and... Um, What's that that show with Topher Grace and um, American Vandal, the the one with the siblings? Like, it, there's there's yeah. so many like people in this movie, and like yeah, it David was, it David was fun. I liked Arquette, it. I think is in it. I don't remember exactly. Like like I watched it. David Arquette, twenty twenty. Yeah, but you know David Arquette, like yeah. Ariana Grande's little brother or big brother, whichever one he is, the less famous one, he's in it. Kyle Mooney, like just there's so mm -hmm. many good people in this movie. Yeah, it was it's fun. a good movie. Uh, then we have Dashcam from 2021. You can watch this on Hulu. Hmm. Uh, another pandemic-esque movie. At the start of the pandemic, a, an indulgent and self-deluded live-streaming improv musician abandons L.A. for London, steals her ex-bandmate's car, and makes the wrong decision to give a ride to an elderly woman who is not what she seems. Nah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's, that's up there. It's either the elderly people or it's like the children that are not actually who they like they're stronger they're more adulty in in whatever yeah. way that's yep. those are the worst ones mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And last, like I had mentioned before, is Missing, which came out in 2023. You can watch it yep. on Netflix. When her mother disappears while on vacation in Colombia with her new boyfriend, June, played by Storm Reed from Euphoria, mm-hmm. searches for answers. Um, her search for answers is hindered by international red tape. Stuck thousands of miles away in Los Angeles, June creatively uses all the latest technology at her fingertips to try to find her before it's too late. However, as she digs even deeper, her digital sleuthing soon raises more questions than answers. Hmm. Like I said, this was fun. It was a very thrillery, very twisty turny. I watched it on a plane. What else can I say? Like, it's just a good time. Yeah. It made the time pass. Yeah. That's um, all you could ask. Seriously. <laughs> and with that, that is my deep dive into found footage. Let me know what your found foot favorite found footage horror movie is on our Discord. Message us on any of our social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, and we have our website, crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com, as well as our email, crimeculturepod at gmail.com. Um, you can ask us for the link to our Discord. It's a fun... Um, like messaging app that we talk with everybody on. Yeah. There's channels for arts and crafts and mm-hmm. spoiler alerts. Oh, the spoiler alerts are my favorite. <laughs> they're getting they're getting more abstract. She's a f- oh, you're you're like borderline cruel with some of these. <laughs> so yeah, but they're fun. They're funny. And I like I really like it when when people try to guess. Yeah. I'll never say what the actual if you got it. But I really like the guessing. It's been fun. Yes. Because um, you're a sadist. Yes. So <laughs> message us on any of our social media for a link to the Discord. We'll get that to you. Also, you can join our Patreon for as little as a dollar, as much whatever you want. You can get episodes early. You can vote on episodes, which is going to be our next episode. It's going to be a Patreon pick. Um, yeah, that's Patreon. Also, Secret <laughs> Satan this year mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be post i don't is it on the link tree it yet? is on the link tree um, the link for the secret satan is on the link tree yes fill there, it out yes there were technical difficulties but i fixed them okay cool and we're good <laughs> we're all good just fill it out it's a google form uh we have a 25 dollar limit you're going to get paired up with somebody in like mid-September when we close the um, exceptions or the applications. And then um, you will have until Halloween to get your gift to your secret Satan. And then we will open them all together when we do our horror movie live stream on Twitch <gasps> on Halloween. And it's so fun. Yes. Every year. It so it's, such fun. A, it's such a delightful little time. Highly it recommend. Is. Maybe maybe I'll make a channel in the Discord for <gasps> Secret Satan that everyone can yeah! post what they got. Oh, I love that. Let's do I don't that. Know if, I don't know if anyone, if everyone in the Discord will be doing Secret Satan. I True. encourage you to. It is so much fun. True. And um, also, you can totally hand make a gift. We've received handmade gifts. Um, oh, I am like hand making gifts. gifts. I'm hand making gifts hard this year. I can't wait to see who I'm paired with because I am going to give them mm-hmm. a wonderful handmade gift box. True. Um, it's going to be a fun time. I encourage handmade gifts as yeah. much as possible. Um, yeah, if you have any questions on Secret Satan, again, you can just message us, whatever, email us, and um, we can answer all of those for you. And before we leave my palate cleanser, 
I'm going to be at the beach when this comes out. So I'm going to say, go to a body of water. If you are not near yeah. a beach, I encourage a lake, a pond will do, uh, a stream, a river, a mm-hmm. creek. You can rent pools. Like you can, what? you can, yes, like Airbnb. Like Airbnb? Yes. Okay. And you, like you can fucking do that. And you can just That's fine. go but I rent like, the pool like for a four natural, hours. I like well, a yeah. natural water feature. But not everybody has a natural water feature. Some people live in like fucking, I don't know, like like Oklahoma. There's there's lakes and stuff in Oklahoma. I don't know. I don't know. But my point is there are landlocked states that don't have a beach. Or and also it's very hot and it's very dry. So like a lot of these things might have evaporated. Like the LA River. Yeah. It's not a river. It doesn't exist. If you can go to the beach, I encourage it. It's always yes. a fun time. It's always a relaxing good time. Being go by yourself. Water. That's yes. Yeah. Yes. Go by yourself is the big uh self care. <laughs> big yeah. Um, but that's that. I gave all the plugs. Do you have anything to say before we leave? Um only do the safe drugs. Be nice to other people, wear your mask. We don't fuck with Ouija boards. Um Yeah. I think that's it. I think that covers that's it. Good, that's that a good list. Yeah. Have safe sex. Um, yeah. All right. Pet, pet your animals. Tell them we yeah. say hi. And your grandparents. Pet them. Tell them we say hi to. <laughs> Water your plants. Water your plants. Yeah. Remember to take your clothes out of the washer and put them into the dryer so you don't have to wash them again. That's true. Then they get like gross and like smelly. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. I'm into that. Yeah. Um, okay. Spit dissolves blood. It's got to be your spit and your blood. But it does that. That's, a, that's science right there. That's that's a science fact. Cool. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.